If your family has ever experienced money problems before, you are not alone. Research shows that a majority of young families admit to monthly financial problems, and money issues are stressful. Our kids see that, even if they don't understand the calls. So lean in today as we learn how to be better stewards of our money so we can be generous givers and include our kids in this process. Hey friends, today we're going to be talking about money, including creative ways to get our kids involved in saving and giving, as well as how we as parents can prioritize giving to the church and to others while being financially responsible ourselves. So joining me today on Zoom to help me with this topic is Katie Jones. Welcome, Katie. Hey, Mallory, thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here because I don't know a lot about it. So you're going to be a big help today. (laughs) Katie is a Christian money coach with Agape Investing, where she helps young families learn money management skills that are rooted in the gospel. I love this part so that they can start living abundantly giving generously, and radically advancing the kingdom of God through her mentorship program that she has called Redeeming Your Finances. She's also a real estate agent and likes to help people buy their first house or their next house and lives in Denver, Colorado, near those beautiful Rocky Mountains. And uh, I'm sure she loves exploring those with her family. So that's just a little bit about Katie. And something that I love to ask my guests, Katie, when they come on, because everybody has a different answer and is in a different season of life. How do you like to have your quiet time, Katie? Yeah, good question. Honestly, it's changed over the years, which I'm sure that's true for many people trying to figure out what works best. But recently, I I like to do it in the morning in general. I like to do it right when I wake up. Um, but specifically if we want to get very technical about when it is, I usually have to wake up, go to the gym, and then I come home and do my quiet time. I used to do it where I would wake up and do quiet time right away, but I wake up at like five 30. And if I don't go to the gym first, I end up falling asleep during my quiet time. So I had to reverse that and just know that it was probably, you know, like, God probably cared more the fact that I stayed awake during my quiet time than the fact that it was like the very first thing that I did. (laughs) So I had to switch it up and and that's what I've been doing kind of for the last few years. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I mean, the fact that you're going to the gym alone is great. So that is like beforehand and everything. That's so disciplined. I'm impressed. Um, But I am, I do not do that. I might need to try that. Sometimes I get a little sleepy, too. Maybe that would help. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving on to our quote unquote, as I'm calling it, money talk. Many of us at some point in our lives, or maybe the time is right now for a mom that's listening. Mm. um, They know the stress at the end of each month when the bills come and you're not really sure how you're going to make ends meet. And our kids... I think that they really see that stress. They perceive that, but they might not know the cause of it. So 
Let's talk more about how we can be better stewards of our money so that we can teach them, like we said earlier, to be generous givers and to give God our best and not our leftovers. I think that's like a huge thing today is I don't want him to get the leftovers. So we're going to talk about how to give God our best. So the first question is for you, Katie, we can't expect our kids to learn to give sacrificially to others with their time and money unless we model it for them. So... Katie, what are some small creative ways to let kids be a part of giving to others and to the church that you can think of? Yeah, I think the first part of your question is so important that kids really won't learn a lot of this stuff unless we actually model it for them or they will learn from what they observe otherwise. So if we're not intentional about how we are trying to model what we do with our finances to our kids, then they're going to pick up on other things. And, and honestly, that's one of the first questions I ask a lot of my coaching clients is what did you learn from your parents, whether they intentionally sat down and taught it to you, or whether it was something you perceived from them about how they use their money. And many of my clients realize like, oh, well, I, I learned this because this is how my parents went out and spent their money or saved their money. And so we do have to be very extremely intentional about what we're doing with it and inviting our kids into that conversation. Um, And one of the first things is that I like to recommend to people is inviting them into your church giving process, whatever that looks like right now. And, and even like letting your kids drop the money off every Sunday or encouraging them to give from their own allowances or their birthday money and explaining to them why you're giving and what the money might be going towards. So that way they can get excited about, yeah, my, my money is going to build the kingdom of God up. Um, and you know, through my local church or through, a ministry that you're giving to. Um, but other simple ways, if your church like participates in Operation Christmas Child, our church does that every single year. And it's really fun to get all the families um, together. And we even sit everybody down to explain what the shoe boxes are for, where they're going, who we're helping, why we're helping them. And it's really exciting to see kids like light up in those ways. So those are two like very simple ways that I think most people have the opportunity to participate in when it comes to modeling giving to their kids. Yeah, I love that. I'm really challenged by that. I don't, our kids don't really know our giving process to the church. I think we bring them along in like missions and things like you're talking about Operation Christmas Child, but that's a great idea. I I think that's really good advice. Okay, so Katie, if a mom is listening right now and is saying, I know that our family needs to tithe. But it seems like the money just drains out every month and there's just nothing left because I hear that quite a bit. Mm. I think we all have really good intentions as Christians to give. I think that we know that we need to give to the church. But if we don't make it a priority, you know, many times it just doesn't happen. So what are some practical ways that we can get consistent so that we're able to tithe? Yeah, this is a struggle I definitely hear often is that at the end of the month, we don't have enough to be able to give. And, and that's, that's where I want to start is that many of us, including myself many years ago, thought that, you know, we think that giving is something that we do when there's money left over. And the Bible challenges us that we need to put God first. I mean, even just, you know, many of us know, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and, and all these things are given to you. And that includes how we 
go about managing and using our money. You know, we have to seek first kingdom opportunities, kingdom building opportunities. And that includes giving to our churches and to any other um, nonprofits or ministries that we want to be giving to. And so putting the church and God first is really, really crucial. So that way at the end of the month, maybe we don't have enough money to go out one last time for dinner and we have to think of something different. So it, it just reverses that process. And so one, one way that can be very practical to do this is setting up an automated like giving to your church. And so a lot of churches offer online giving opportunities to be able to do that. And so then that way, you know, it comes out at the very first of the month versus thinking about it at the end of the month when maybe there isn't enough left over for that. That's a great suggestion. Yes. I mean, thinking about doing it as an automated thing, I, um, that's something that I know is very helpful and convenient today because we have pretty much all our bills like that. You know, it's just like it comes out and you don't have a chance to think about it. You know, so I think that's a great that's a great practical word of advice. Okay, so if we aren't giving back to the Lord, it's clear in the Bible that we could be missing out on blessings and I don't know about you listening, but I know that I don't want to miss out on blessings that God has for me. So God isn't going to give you more until, you know, he can trust you with what you already have now. And so could you share with us, Katie, more about what the Bible says about that? Just to offer a further challenge on the question that I just asked you about giving to him first. So the, the best place that I take people through first is in Malachi 3.10. And it's actually the only time in the entire Bible where God asks us and tells us to test him. And it's with our tithes. And so he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And so God is basically saying here, you know, when we trust him, by giving back to him what what is already his in the first place you know all of our money and everything comes from him so it's already his but when we give it back to him god promises to bless us beyond what we can even handle you know what we can what we have room enough to store and the the thing is here though that the blessings that god is talking about here don't necessarily have to be things like more wealth or more stuff or even like being more comfortable in our lives or living in luxury it you know it might not be like good health it might not be a better job or a bigger house you know these are the things that we typically picture as blessings because that's that's what we see in our lives like oh these things are good so therefore they're blessings but when we when we put God into this box and say this is how he blesses us we're kind of limiting the way that God can actually bless us in our lives. And so money in general is it's ultimately a foundation or like training wheels of true faithfulness because when we are faithful over this like little worldly wealth that God has given us and entrusted to us, he knows that he can trust us then with true riches. And we get this um, from the verse it's Luke 16, 10 through 12. 
Um, and it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little is also dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your property of your own? So, I mean, money is discussed over in, in over 2000 Bible verses. And so God clearly cares a lot about how we use and manage our money. And so we need to show him that we can be trustworthy stewards over what he has entrusted to us. And then when he sees that, he knows that we can be good stewards and that we, he can give us more important kingdom responsibilities. And that that is what true blessing really looks like. And it's not to say that God can't give us things like more money or a better job or, you know, and any of these other kind of things that we consider blessings. It's just to say that God's blessings are typically outside of our scope because our understanding is so limited. Right. His ways are higher than our ways. We don't have any idea what the great things he's thinking about for us. That is so good. I had no idea that money was mentioned in so many places, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Another thing that I think we can model for our kids, going back to that, is like you were saying, just being responsible with little um, Mm -hmm. and being responsible with our saving. So let's say that a mom is listening and she wants to save for a family vacation or she needs to send her kids to private school because that's going to be a better situation for their family or Mm -hmm. wants to start putting away money for Christmas right now. I mean, kudos to you if that's you listening listening right now, mom, but how can we do this in like a practical way? So we've, we've talked about tithing and giving to God first, but just kind of getting in to like some practical advice, I guess, about how we can save so that we can take that Disney vacation in a few years, or we can do these little things here and there and still like be responsible with our, with our money. Yeah. So My parents didn't teach me a lot about finances myself, which, you know, a lot of people are like, how did you learn about money? Well, it wasn't totally from my parents, but one lesson that they did teach me when I was fairly young, um, my sister and I were in probably middle school at the time, which was around the time that the new iPod touch was hitting the market. And, you know, it was, it was all the rage. And so my sister and I were begging and begging to get one from our parents. And one day they finally just sat us down and explained that, well, iPods are expensive and they cost money and money is something that is limited. We don't have just unlimited money. It doesn't grow on trees. And so we have to be really careful with the decisions that we make in how we're actually spending that money. Because if we always use our money to buy like the latest gadgets or always buying new clothes or, you know, nice cars or whatever it might be, when we're always just buying stuff and not really thinking about the opportunity costs that we have with each dollar, then we won't have money for things like taking nicer vacations that cost larger sums of money or sending our kids to private school or saving up for a nice Christmas celebration. 
And so it was one thing that really stuck with me from like all the way in the early 2000s when they told us that with each dollar, we have a choice. And so sure, we could go and buy new iPods or we could go buy, you know, we could go out to dinner all the time. Or we could go visit grandma and grandpa in Florida and go to Disney with them. And and when they taught us this kind of rough idea of opportunity cost, you know, that with every decision comes a decision that we have to say no to, it really put it into perspective that we, we have to be responsible with how we're saving our money and planning for future decisions and and it really stuck with me. I mean, it was so long ago and I'm still like, it's still a lesson today that I'm like helping other people understand as well. So, um, you know, something I was able to grasp when I was pretty young. So I think just trying to sit your kids down and, and explaining and, and almost like treating them as an adult and, and letting them understand that they can be a part of the decisions that you make as a family when it comes to your money. Yeah. And look how you still remember that so clearly that was very impactful in your life. So, you know, that obviously sticks with our children. And that's something that we should do more of is have those, like you're saying, adult conversations with them. And so just kind of to further expound on that, like, for example, I think that any mom listening could identify with me on this. You're in a store somewhere, let's say Target, Walmart, anything like that. And you're just there to get a couple of things that you have to have for the house. And the kids say, can we go look at the toys, you know, or nowadays you don't even have to do that. You can just see the little like value bins when you walk in or they've got the stuff loaded by the registers, you know, like it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for a mom. Right. And so. Your kid sees the pack of baseball cards. They see the Barbie doll. They see whatever it is, and they instantly want it. Kind of like you're saying you wanted that iPod, and you were asking for it over and over again. And so you've explained kind of like the whole thing about opportunity cost, but let's say it's something in kind of a smaller range, but it wouldn't be beneficial for me to buy my kids, even if it was $5, something $5 every time I go to the store, because they come to expect mom is going to say yes to buy me that item every single time. So maybe we could talk about some ideas about teaching them, you know, okay, if you want let's fill in the blank, whatever it is, if you want that Barbie or you want those baseball cards, then you can do some jobs at home for me or you can save your own money and we can come back and you can purchase those, you know, because I've realized I wasn't doing my kids any favors by getting them things every time we would go to the store. And so how can a parent get started with this? They realize this is becoming a problem, just these everyday items, they're in the store. How can they get started with teaching their kids the value of saving their own money, knowing it's going to be small amounts, um, mm-hmm. but just like in giving them some ideas to encourage them to do that? Yeah. Well, I think first off, you know, kind of by starting with that, you know, opportunity cost, like there's always choices to be made and, and asking them and allowing them to make their own decisions, you know, but give like showing them what those decisions are. Okay. You can buy this small toy from target right in the dollar section right now, or would you like to save this dollar? So that way maybe you can save up to buy that really big, nice Lego set that you wanted. So, you know, just showing them that 
this dollar can get you this small thing right now, but many of these dollars can then save up to buy that new Star Wars Lego set or yes, something. Yes, that's my kids. Those, they love those. They're expensive. Buy Legos the other day. They're so expensive. <laughs> they are. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> crazy. So, you know, just one, one idea, you know, that's just one idea. And, and even like that is the thing that they are wanting or that Barbie house, you know, printing out a picture of that one thing that they, that they're working towards is also helping teach them saving and goals, like saving for those goals that they have. So, you know, printing it out and then maybe even making like a chore chart on the bottom and saying, you know, okay, if you do a whole month of chores, this, you know, instead of giving us giving you an allowance necessarily, we can save that allowance. So that way we can put it towards this one big thing that you've been saving for. So it kind of teaches them, you know, patience, saving long-term goals, you know, just, I think it's a really cool idea to help not only save money in the short term, but just teach them a lot of other things as well. It's a great idea. I'm, I'm thinking I might take that idea. It's giving them a visual for a goal. And that's great. I love that idea. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So our last question um, is, it's important to keep the peace in our homes and in our marriages. So sometimes I think the devil uses money to kind of start breaking things down, breaking down our communication, breaking down our peace in our marriage and in the home. So for a mom listening right now, and she's struggling when the bills are coming in every month, and it's putting a lot of stress on her marriage, what can you say to encourage her today? First, I I just want to start by letting you know that you are not alone. I speak to many couples who believe, like they honestly believe that they are the only ones out of their friends or their family members who struggle with money in their relationship. But the reality is that half of married couples, even within like the church alone, have had money fights with their spouse. And, and so just knowing first off that there are people around you who struggle with the same thing kind of at least gives you a little bit of weight off your shoulders, but just because it's like a common occurrence doesn't make it a normal thing and it shouldn't be considered normal to have money fights. And so if this is something you are struggling with, it, it does need to be dealt with and, by dealing with it, I don't mean that you know you argue more or that only one person takes on the burden of managing money, but that you guys need to start to work to communicate and to find some kind of common ground. And a really good place to just start the conversation is to set up kind of like what I like to call like a dream date. You know, you sit down, maybe you go out to a nice dinner or maybe it's after the kids go to bed and you sit down at the kitchen table with a nice cup of hot cocoa, you know, just relax, you know, relax together and dream, dream about what you want to do with your family and for your future and for you as a couple and, and give yourself both space to speak freely without any judgment of what the other person wants to do and write down every idea that comes flowing out. And then eventually, you know, just, just have fun one night, but then take another evening, maybe a week from then, two weeks from then, after you sat down and thought more about it by yourself, but then come back together and start making a plan one goal at a time to figure out how you can start 
getting on the same page to save for those things, because those goals and dreams that you have are things that God has uniquely and specifically placed on each of your hearts to accomplish. And so they're really important for yourselves and for each other, but also for the kingdom of God. And, and so it's really crucial that you do work to be on the same page, but have fun with it. And, and maybe you, you make a visual representation of your goals, kind of like the example for your kids, but putting up a picture of that dream house or, um, the kids you want to sponsor from compassion or, you know, that vacation you want to take, just making it very visual that this is something you're working on together. And it's, and it's for your relationship and not just something, you know, outside of it, but it's something that you have to work on together. But communication is obviously key. That goes for just any relationship um, advice. It's just, just talking about it. But if it really is a serious struggle, then I highly recommend getting some professional help, whether it's from your church or outside of your church, but finding someone who can help you guys talk through these things can be a really, really great resource for your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if the mom listening is kind of connected with you and just the way that you're, you're super encouraging. And I love all the advice that you've been giving us today. And she wants to contact you, Katie, for help in this area and just more information. Could you share with us how anybody could contact you like your website or, or that kind of stuff so that they could, um, they could just go on easily and get in contact with you. And I can also put that in the show notes as well. Um, Because I'm sure a lot of people kind of feel connected to you or easy to talk to. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I am super reachable, um, whether it's through Instagram messages or an email that you want to send me. Um, You can find me at my website, agapeinvest.com, which Mallory said that she'll link to. And I have a contact page. So feel free to reach out to me. I'm definitely just a regular human being on the other side of this podcast you're listening to. So I, I highly recommend shooting me an email. We can even jump on a call together and we can talk through a few of these things. If it, you know, if you just want to talk, I mean, sometimes it's good just to get it out. So don't hesitate to reach out, please. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that with us, Katie. So I also was checking out Katie's website um, and I was telling her that I wanted to share. She has something called Six Steps to Redeeming Your Finances. It's a mini course to discover how to manage your money and honor the Lord using biblical money principles. That's a direct lift from your website, by the way. I can't take credit for that wording. And it is free. It is available free on her website just to kind of get started. And um, so I really encourage you to do that if that's something that you feel like um, you're being led to do after you've listened to this interview. And I will, um, like I said, include those links in the show notes. So to wrap up today, I had a quote from Adrian Rogers that I thought was just a great way to end. It says, give God what is right and not what is left. I'll read that one more time. Give God what is right and not what is left. I think that's so practical to end today with because we've learned how important it is today, you know, to give God 
first because he ultimately gave us everything that we have anyways. Nothing is is ours. So, you know, I thought that was just a great way to end just to expound on us being generous givers and to give God our best and not our leftovers. So I will include this quote and a free article on guarding your family from the money trap in the show notes as well that you can check out for free. Thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. Mallory, it was such a pleasure. And I really do pray that this conversation honestly is a blessing and hopefully gives some family some inspiration to be more generous and to work on any money issues that might be happening within their families. I do too. Thank you so much for coming on and just being so sincere and sharing with us today. And if you've enjoyed this episode, there are two ways that you can help more moms find this ministry. First, leave a quick podcast review for us. And then second, if you'll just share this episode with your mom friends, if you know a mom that's dealing with money struggles, or she's talked about, my kids are driving me crazy asking for stuff all the time or anything like that, share this with her, tag her on social media, tag us, and that will help us so much. And to catch all the latest, you can follow me at Faithful31Moms on Instagram. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.